two generations. One passion. This is Generation Red. How many tackles can one man break? Touchdown. Cross the middle. Down the kick is up. The kick is get that way. The kick is set. Throws batted down. Intercepted. Double kick. Two. Two to the twenty. Fifteen. Hawkins traps him. Knocks him. Touchdown. Two. Welcome to episode number two of Generation Red the kettle corn of Husker fan podcasts. I'm your sweet host, Ken. And I'm your salty host, Scott. <laughs> Our hope is that this show will be like talking football in the break room at work or with your buddies at the local bar. And that means the language here might get, well, a bit salty at times. But just like kettle corn, we will do our best to be mostly sweet, and we will do our best to bleep out the salt. Also keep in mind that we're not experts. We've never played or coached, and we don't work in sports media. We're just fans. So if you're up for some unpolished fun, grab a chair, pour a cup of coffee, or crack open your favorite cold beverage, and let's talk Husker football. So, the Huskers won a game in Fayetteville today. And in the mean, and in the course of the game, we happened to plunk four different batters, two on one guy alone. So hopefully our pitchers will be a little more accurate tomorrow because, well... <laughs> Arkansas will make you pay if you put people on base because they live and die by the major league model. They like to put people on base and then swing for the fences. So should be fun. But the game tonight was, I thought we weren't going to win. When we went down 4 nothing. I I just didn't have any belief and that's yeah. my fault. I should have. Yeah, you I were a negative known, Nancy but... texting me. Yeah, it was it was a pretty it was a pretty good game. I wasn't honestly I mean, I was paying attention, but I had literally just adopted a puppy today and so I spent the majority of my time being very distracted by a puppy and I made dinner and yes, I just oh, and I went to Target. There was just so much going on. So I really kind of just was was glancing over and trying to avoid the anxiety of how intense baseball can get sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was a good game. It was, yeah, I was hanging on there at the end. <laughs> it was fun to watch, no doubt about it. I mean, that home run was a no-doubter. Uh, well, the first one they, they hit was a no-doubter as well. So, But yeah, hey, if our guys can throw up seven, eight runs tomorrow, we've got a pretty doggone good shot at at least staying with Arkansas. They're awfully good. They're not number one in the country because they suck. So, And the SEC's got nine teams in the tournament, so they've played good competition all year. Should be interesting. Speaking of games, your youngest brother and I got to go see the doubleheader last weekend in Lincoln against Michigan. And uh, while the first game was kind of a drag because it was a two-to-nothing loss, but by God, that Michigan pitcher was just throwing, was throwing smoke all day. So I wasn't surprised that we lost. It just sucked. But then the double, the second game, um, we came out swinging, no doubt about it. And uh, I think it was third inning, fourth inning, something like that. Jackson Hallmark was at the plate. I was, I was up at the 
concession stand buying a bag of peanuts and a couple of bottles of water for me and Levi. And I heard the clink of a rather solid hit. I heard the crowd go nuts and the home run left the park and I missed it because I was buying peanuts. And then two innings later, Max Anderson comes to the plate and I'm digging a peanut out of the bag of peanuts and not paying attention to the field. I hear clink and I look up and by the time I look up, the ball was already going by me because we were sitting next to the uh, pitcher's bullpen. So the ball was literally going by me and it landed, I think, on the sidewalk path beyond the left field fence and then bounced over the fence outside of the yard completely. So (laughs) it was pretty impressive how quickly that ball got out of there. But yeah, one bag of peanuts meant that I missed seeing two home runs. So yeah, that's just my luck. But Levi got to see both of them. So that was good for him. And it was kind of a bucket list thing that he's always wanted to see as a baseball game, especially a Husker one. And then one of these days, I hope to take him to a Royals game because that's what he really wants to see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I hear him. I hear him ranting about the Royals on his, uh, he streams on Twitch. And right. He uh, updates his audience with Royals scores if he's Mm -hmm. streaming during that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's really gotten into it, especially this year. Anyway, that's pretty much all I've got about baseball. Um, Football, a little bit of football news. Uh, Jackaz Yant, or Jacquez, or however the blazes you say his name. I think I said it right the last time we podcasted, but I don't remember how I said it. So Jacques Yant, as you are want to say (laughs) got a scholarship which is awesome i thought once ronald tompkins decided to declare for the transfer portal that yant would probably be one of the first guys they considered to give him that spot and by gosh they did so i'm really happy about that because i have a feeling this kid is going to contribute this year without a doubt especially if step is still on the shelf for the first part of the season which very likely could happen they say he's coming back in june or july but i don't know yeah, I'm pretty stoked about that. It doesn't surprise me. I guess I, I'm i just kind of like I don't pay much attention or at least as much attention as I feel like I should. Um, so and just my intuition was, was telling me that he probably wasn't getting the scholarship until, I don't know, sometime during the season. But now that you mentioned Tompkins deucing out, it makes perfect sense. That like literally that that you brought that up makes perfect sense. Yes, I completely agree. I'm really excited to see what he can do. Good grief, we could have a a freshman two headed monster between him and Irvin. I mean, I think Scott and Morrison have something to say. I think those two guys are going to really fight this fall. But by gosh, Irvin certainly turned a lot of heads, and obviously Yant ran over a lot of tacklers. So. You got two guys that can do what they can do. We could be, yeah, we could be pretty well set over the next three to five years with running backs. So that's pretty cool. Now that kind of brings us to kind of an update on our plus or minus game. Uh, My plus or minus question when we podcasted the first time was plus or minus one running back will leave the program before the start of fall camp. And I uh, guess that exactly one would leave the program. You claim you guessed that zero would, which means you're already uh, behind eight ball there, bud. And I have guessed correctly so far, but I have a feeling I might end up being wrong. I think we might see another one leave, but who knows? Here we are with one gone. I could end up claiming the two points. Right now you're sitting at zero. So if 
somebody like Johnson ends up deciding to move on, which is, I don't know, hopefully he doesn't, but if he does, I wouldn't be surprised. Then that leaves me at a big goose egg as well. So we're coming out of the gates with our plus or minus game on fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And mine, mine's pretty much just, uh, season injuries, season ending injuries, which I figured I'd clarify. I'm not sure if I did in the first episode, we were just chatting about it before we started recording. Okay. And my, my, uh, Plus or minus, oh, shoot, I don't even remember what it was. I think it was two. Yeah, two two season-ending injuries on our team across the board. And I really just meant that to be under the context of when the season starts. So once the season has started, um, okay. that's when it's that's when it is like in play. Because um, preseason injuries, they happen often and – you don't really know if they're season ending. They could always show up halfway through the season, last two games of the season. I really don't know, but it's mm-hmm. usually pretty definitive midway through the season or even at the beginning of the season. If someone tears like an ACL, like, I mean, it's, it's a done deal. So mm-hmm. I know that it's like a terrible, terribly superstitious uh, plus or minus to have to have to throw out there, but whatever I'm still sitting at. Zero of of two, so I mean, Honus and Step are possibly going to be out for the season. Um, well, yeah, they're it's it's not looking too good, but then again, the team does like to keep it on the down low, so who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows? But yeah, we're sitting pretty. Exactly. I mean, uh, at this point, they've been far more positive about Step being back. I think he's involved in summer conditioning right now, so that's a good sign. But Frost was pretty negative about Honus once he revealed that injury after the spring game that he felt really bad that Will had decided to come back and then seen him laying on the field in that last non-contact drill before the spring game (laughs) was uh, pretty rough. So I have a feeling we're probably not going to see Honus on the field this year, which which leaves the door wide open for guys like Luke Reimers and Nick Henrich and those guys to really step up, which... May not be much of a drop-off with those two. You know, you'd love to see the leadership of Honus on the field, but it certainly is not going to hurt having his leadership on the sidelines, even if he is out for the year. Anyway, that's not really what we were here to talk about today. That was some stuff we kind of wanted to cover since we last podcasted, but the main reason we wanted to sit down and talk to you all today was uh, to do what we didn't do in our first podcast, which is introduce ourselves. Tell you a little bit about who we are, how we came to be the Husker fanatics that we are, and in many ways why we've decided to do this podcast together. Because a lot of my years watching Husker football were with this guy right here on the other side of the mic with me. And uh, some of my Greatest memories have been hanging out with him watching football, and some of the hardest stuff that we both have been through have been uh, kind of tied to Husker football as well. And um, we're going to talk about some of that today. We're going to kind of introduce ourselves. Of course, you all know my name is Ken, and um, I'm an over-the-road truck driver. So actually, I'm at home today recording my end of the podcast, uh, but uh, most of the time I'll probably be recording somewhere out on the road. And, um, I have been married 31 years to Scott's mom and 
I've been a truck driver now, what, 16 years? So we've been married 31, which is probably the secret to a long-lasting marriage is the fact that she knows she can get rid of me for about 300 days a year. And we have lived, for the most part, in Nebraska since 1990. I was born and raised myself in Arizona and became a Husker fan, I think it was, in 1982 or 83. I remember watching a game in 82, I think was the first Husker game I ever saw. Might have been that Minnesota game where we scored like 83 points or something on them. (laughs) Might have been the first game I saw, but that's kind of when I started. I don't know about you, Scott. Do you remember the first time you saw a Husker game? I would say the first time I remember actually watching a game. um, I know Jamal Lord was our quarterback. uh, Just because I thought his name was cool. Um, (laughs) And, but my first actual like Husker game memory that I can remember vividly watching, cheering and memorizing would have been the 2004 uh, bowl game that we played against Michigan. That would probably be my most vivid memory just because it was so exciting. Nighttime, whole family was there. Mm -hmm. But I would say that my earliest memory that I remember having anything to do with football was when we lived in Arizona. I think it was in Mesa. Um, Mm -hmm. And... I sat on the couch to watch the national championship game. Oh, wow. You remember that? Yes. Yes. Very, very, very small. Very, very little. I remember being fed. I remember mom was making homemade corn chips. and mm, That's right. And I was not expecting corn chips. She just handed me a chip and I assumed it was going to be like a potato chip or something. And I loved corn chips as far as I was aware. Um, but for whatever reason, it made me very sick. The the, tix- the texture was really weird, and I had to spit it out. And okay. so that's, that's a the, vivid memory. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but I don't really remember much else besides I think we had talked about it where I had fallen asleep because it was like the first time that I was allowed to stay up for a game. I remember sitting on the corner of the couch with mom and just enjoying the uh the festivus. I don't I didn't know what was going on, but I just knew that everybody was yelling and cheering and screaming and blah 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 blah. It was it was uh it was it was it was, it was a it was a good time, I'm pretty sure. But that's as far as I know my earliest, earliest memory. So your earliest, earliest memory was the last time our head coach played a football game for Nebraska. That's pretty cool. I like I said, I think my first game was 1982. Uh, first time I ever saw one was that Minnesota game. I think it was a like a kickoff classic or something. I my memory is so foggy for going back back that far. But the beauty is that you have memories of college football as early as age three or four, whereas I never really knew what college football was until 12 or 13. I just it it just wasn't that big of a deal that I remember back then, but. ABC always had a game of the week every Saturday afternoon. I remember starting to watch those when Texas was pretty good and Oklahoma was pretty good and those teams and and then, you know, the teams in Arizona, I just really didn't care about Arizona State or U of A. So 
I kind of wanted to find a team that I could really get behind. And, you know, that's where you and I are different. You grew up watching the Big Red. I kind of came lucked into following the Big Red in 82 after I watched that first game and then 1983. Um, I really followed them pretty closely because I knew they were really close to a national championship in 82 and they were favored to win it in 83. So I followed them pretty closely. And the only way I could follow them was one game early in the season. I can't remember who they played. Um, and then the Oklahoma game at the end of the year that, cause you, if you were a top 10 team, you were generally on TV twice a year at best. So that was pretty cool. Until we got to the Orange Bowl, because they were undefeated, getting into the Orange Bowl. And um, we all know what happened there. Well, most of the people listening to this podcast know what happened there, which was Miami took the lead and Nebraska was fighting, coming back from behind the whole way. And then I think it was fourth and 10 or something from the 25-yard line. Mike Rozier was out of the game with a jacked-up ankle. And uh, Turner Gill pitches to... Jeff Smith, I think was the name of the backup running back. And he runs 25 yards into the end zone on a really tired Miami defense. So the game was 31 to 30. All Osborne really had to do was kick the extra point and the voters would have voted him national champion. They just would have. It's the way it would have worked back then because you didn't have overtime. So uh, Osborne decides to go for two, which... Me, I wasn't real pleased with. I'd rather seen him just kick it, get the extra point, and win a national championship. But in his interview after the game, somebody had asked him, I can't remember who it was, had asked him why he decided to go for two instead of guaranteeing he'd win a national championship by kicking the extra point. He said, well, I figure if you're going to win a championship, you need to win it on the scoreboard and on the field and not just leave it in the hands of voters. And it was at that moment that I knew that Nebraska was going to be my team. Do you remember when you kind of knew, even though you grew up in a Husker family, when was it that you kind of said, yeah, this, this is definitely my team. Jeez. Honestly, man, I just, I don't know. I was such a, such a fanatic of a child. Like I always loved (laughs) the idea of like cheering for things or, or just Mm -hmm. getting, getting the rush of winning or I was just a very competitive child. And so I don't know. There wasn't, honestly, the question would be, was there ever a memory where I wasn't like at least a growing Husker fan? Because I mean, it all started with just the hype of going over to grandma and grandpa's grandma and grandpa honeycut um, and going over to their house and I mean, I just liked it for the snacks um, and getting candy and uh, getting hot cocoa and also being able to watch football on TV would always motivate me to go run out into the backyard and play football with literally just TJ and he hated Mm -hmm. it. So, um, (laughs) yeah, so it was... Honestly, there really wasn't a time that I can remember where I wasn't cheering for the Huskers. But what I'm curious, what was what was the moment that you like, do you remember where you were at when you felt like the spark, like the raise your hands up in the air and like start to feel like an emotional attachment? 
to to the team? Was that when Tom that, Osborne said his thing, or was it a different uh, time? My hands, I was losing my ever-living, loving, freaking mind when Jeff Smith ran that 25-yard touchdown really? at the end of that game and scored. I was jumping up and down. I was watching the T. We had a little five-inch portable black-and-white TV living in the middle of the freaking desert in Arizona. We lived like 60 miles south of Phoenix at that time. And uh, it was a nice, clear night. Thank God, because if it was a cloudy night, you couldn't get reception for crap. So it was a nice, clear night. I had a good picture. And I remember him scoring, and I'm like, oh, dear God, please, please just kick the extra point <laughs> so we could get a national championship out of this. Because, you know, I had a feeling somehow, and sure enough, that's what happened. They They knocked away the... The pass on the extra points. So, but that was, that's when I knew, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that this was my team for life. And, uh, then five years later when I met your mom and told her I was a Nebraska fan. And once I found out she was from Nebraska, she, I kind of, there was a lot of guys after her. Let's just put it that way. And I kind of was the, I kind of got the pole position at that point. <laughs> I was leading the pack because, uh, she knew. She wasn't going to have any issues with the uh, split household when it came to following football. So let's see here. Where are we at? Forgive us, folks. We've just got some bullet points here that we're kind of going through, but we kind of want to talk back and forth and not just kind of go on and on. Um, but yeah, I did meet your mom in 1988, married her in 1989. We moved to Nebraska in 1990, and we've pretty much lived here since, other than that year and a half, two years we were in Arizona when you remember watching that national title game and then we moved back here in 99 and we've basically been here since. And you were actually on your way to planet earth when Nebraska almost won a national title in 1993. I remember we watched that game at grandma and grandpa's house in Giltner. Cause this was long before they moved to, to uh grand Island. And just, I just remember when that, field goal kicker ran out there to try to kick it to win the game i'm just like he was not a really good kicker and it was a long field goal and i just had a feeling and uh and then when we didn't make it i just remember the camera was walking off the field and pointed right up at tommy frazier and he's crying and turner gill's got his or turner gill or ron brown one of them's got his arm around his shoulders and Tommy just takes his hand away from his face and literally smacks the camera and basically turns it off. He hits it so hard. <laughs> so I was like, well, that boy's pissed. And uh, sure enough, that's the way the whole team felt because uh, there was a minute 16 left on the clock in the fourth quarter of that game. And that was the last time Nebraska had the lead. And Florida State goes right down, kicks the winning field goal. Nebraska gets the ball back. They almost kicked the winning field goal, but they didn't. So for every meeting for every practice for every time they were on a field that had a clock on it a minute 16 was always up on that clock as a reminder and they adopted the motto of unfinished business and uh, sure enough <laughs> the team they end up playing in 94 was Miami and fourth quarter I think it was the fullback breaks free for a touchdown it's 17 to 15. I jumped up and screamed so loud it scared you half crapless because you were sleeping or playing in your playpen. And I just remember your mom running into the room. What did you do? Good Lord, be quiet. You scared him. Da -da -da -da. And you were looking at me and you just had this look of terror in your eyes. You just didn't understand that how this, 
this man you knew as daddy could be such an animal. (laughs) 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 So of course then three or four minutes later, we actually convert a two point conversion to tie the game. And it was the exact same play Osborne called to do the two point conversion in 1983. And it was good. And of course I jumped up and yelled and not quite as loud. So you didn't cry quite as much, but uh, the next touchdown when we took the lead. Yeah. Then uh, your mom said, screw it. I'm just taking him out of the room. (laughs) She took you back to your room or whatever and played with you back there. So I wouldn't scare you anymore. (laughs) So, but yeah, then, then for sure I was all in. And then 95 came along, probably still considered the greatest team in college football history, which still pisses off Kirk Herbstreet to this day, which still makes me happy to my very core. So yeah, so that's kind of my story as far as how we got to, to being such a crazy Husker fan. Let's see what you are, you live in Lincoln and you work well, you fix stuff, right? That's kind of what yes. you do. Yes. Um, so just a little bit of a, so that we can get an age difference between you and I. I am 26 and dad, how old are you at this point? 53. 53. All right. Yeah. So there's a pretty much double my age. Um, I'm 26 and I turn 27 here in a month in the middle of July um, which I mean, I don't sound that old. I still sound like I just got out of high school, but whatever, it's all good. Um, but yes, I do fix things. Uh, my full-time job is I do maintenance for an apartment complex here in Lincoln. And I actually love the job. It's pretty much just like adult Legos, just with electricity or right. water or whatever running through it. Sometimes, you know, worse, more or less. And honestly, I, I love the job. It's it's a good job. Pays well, good benefits. Kind of get to work at my own pace. And everything is unpredictable on a day-to-day basis. I don't really get stuck in the monotony of, <laughs> of an assembly line of any sort. So I kind of like it. Um, and mm-hmm. I, at this point, have been married for, oh, it's been 11 months now. Mm-hmm. Um, we will be having our one year anniversary here in July as well. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's kind of the highlight of my life. Um, prior to me moving to Lincoln in 2018, I had been in the Marine Corps for four years, um, served honorably and, uh, my job basically involved me working on generators and providing power and resources to, a uh, plethora of things, uh, but mostly what I worked with was air command squadrons. Um, so mm. it was it was pretty uneventful, um, but it was pretty much my personal uh, phone charger is the way I looked at it. So uh, <laughs> always had my phone charged when we were in the field, and that was probably the most important thing to me. But as of right now, what's super exciting? Um, it's actually really late right now, and wife is asleep and. Uh, our new puppy is in there sleeping with her. We just adopted a puppy today, and his name is Tom. We named him Tom because I really wanted to name uh, – I wanted to get a, a male dog, and I wanted to name him just like the most basic middle-aged white guy name humanly possible. Um, I honestly wanted Greg. I wanted Greg, <laughs> like just something like Greg 
or Paul. But we settled on Tom, which is cool with me because it's it's a little bit of a shout out to Tom Osborne. Um, so it's it's actually kind of that it works. works out better that way. And my other dog, her name is Oreo. Uh, I've had her for it'll be twelve years on the tenth of June. Mm-hmm. So um, well, she'll be you know twelve years old. But I pretty much I met her literally the day after she was born. So pretty much 12 years and I'm super excited to get them to meet each other. Oreo's at my brother's house right now just so that Tom could get adjusted to the apartment and he's like 10 weeks old. So, and he's a small little Yorkie poo. So at the moment he is 2.6 pounds. So he's just a little guy. So I figured let's keep the, uh, the 12 pound dog out of here because that's small dog, but Pretty pretty big in comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, we will be moving to a new apartment here pretty soon. We just signed a lease to where we're going to be moving. Uh, we'll be Sweet. Moving somewhere on property where I work, uh, which will be nice. Get a rent discount. And we're upgrading to a two-bedroom with a loft. So we'll have a lot more room, a lot more privacy when podcasting. Um, and I'm just I'm super stoked about that. Yeah, I've been I've been a Husker fan for as long as I can remember and I would say that my most my like like you asked me earlier um <clears throat> my earliest memory but also the moment where I became a Husker fan was in fact that Michigan game um cuz I had yet to that point really really paid attention to a game um, maybe I did before. I'm sure I sat, I'm sure I cheered, I'm sure whatever, but that was seriously the first time that I remember like legitimately screaming, hollering, jumping out of my seat, getting an adrenaline rush and mm-hmm. that super, uh, crazy lateral ending play that Michigan attempted and failed. Mm, I know um, what game you're... Yeah, you're talking about the 2005 Alamo Bowl. Yes, yes. yes I thought yeah, it was I that. that was right before I became an over-the-road truck driver because it was the next day or two or three days later, y'all took me to the airport to fly to Oklahoma City for my orientation to drive for J.B. Hunt. So, yeah. Yes. That was right before I became a truck driver, or at least over the road anyway. I already had a CDL because I'd been delivering milk, which... Yeah, that was a lot of work for a whole lot of no pay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was pretty much my earliest memory. Um, and I've just been a Husker fan ever since. Um, <clears throat> I do remember Bill Callahan's hiring. Um, I remember you pretty much being upset that that's who Nebraska hired. And the only thing I could think of and the only thing that I knew about him was that he was an NFL coach. And the, Mm -hmm. in my mind, the math was NFL is better than college. So an NFL coach has to be better than a college coach. Um, You know, ignorance is bliss. So that was, that was pretty cool that uh, I got to start my Husker fandom with just utter, uh, just, failure um but at least i do i also do remember indomitian sue being recruited and just could not comprehend that dude's name 
Um, I remember actually being proud one time at church that I was able to correct all of my friends and we sat there and had like a conversation of how to pronounce his name and they just were mind blown that I figured out how to say it. But really <laughs> all it was was me just sitting there in my bedroom repeating it for like 50 times just and Dom McCong and Dom Mu Kang and Du McCong, you yeah. know, like just saying it wrong a million times. But <laughs> it paid off in the end. But yeah, so that's just kind of just a little, little, little something about me. Um, I'll tell, we'll talk more about kind of more personal things as the podcast comes on, more about us, um, fun little. Fun little personality niches that that we've kind of adopted over the years, and interests and hobbies. Um, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe that's something we should do. Is like uh, fun fact about ourselves every single episode or something like that, um, just so that we can keep it personable um, for as long as we can humanly conjure up facts about ourselves. Um, well, Even if it's like, it could be something as simple as, do you like your toilet paper roll from the front or roll from behind? Because if it's yeah. from behind, you're a psychopath. Yeah. Um, beard good, mullet bad. Yes, yes, beard good, mullet bad. I don't know, Dad. What What is a, what would be your like earliest memory of, that you could possibly remember of me, like, being like glued to my seat and paying attention. That would probably be the game. Yeah, that Michigan game. Um, I know you tried to pay attention a lot when you were younger, uh, but you know, you were younger. And once the team wasn't doing real well, like when Jamal Lord was the quarterback, which was kind of often at times, especially his first season, you'd end up going outside and playing with your buddies that happened to be there or Tim or. Or whoever. So, yeah, it, it, I remember you sticking all the way through that Michigan game. Now that I think about it, and it was pretty. That was that was a good game to stick through because it was a, it was a Corey Ross's last game as running back, old pork chop, and he ran harder than I had ever seen him run before, and was running through, running through arm tackles like like crazy. So I remember that. I remember there were a lot of other games that I remember you being pretty glued to which we'll probably talk about in our next episode because um we do want to uh take some time between now and the beginning of the season and go before we actually preview this year's team what we want to do is we want to take some time and share with all of you who are well just bored enough to listen to us (laughs) (laughs) what our uh top five memorable wins as well as top five devastating losses from our time of watching Husker football, not necessarily what the media says those games are, but what we view those games as being most memorable or most devastating as far as wins and losses go, which will be our next episode. So, but this one, as far as getting to know us, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. We probably should have done that before we did our spring game episode, but, um, Hey, uh, we're new to this game. Um, and, uh, as we've said all along, our badge of honor is going to be the fact that we're definitely not as organized as everybody else, and we're certainly not professional. So we hope you enjoy just listening to something that's just kind of organic, fun, and uh, as lighthearted as we can possibly make it. Now, 
All right. Of course. I, I, well, I was just going to say, before we roll into what I think you're going to roll into, let's just get a fun fact out of the way. If you can even think of anything off the top of your head, I know there isn't anything in your notes, but what is a fun <laughs> fact about Ken that our viewers uh, need to need to know about you to paint a picture of who Ken is at this moment? At this moment, right now. Well, it doesn't uh, have to be at this moment, but I mean at this moment like that they're the listening to history? the podcast in the no, recent history at, of the podcast. <laughs> no, at this at this exact moment where people have their headphones in, their Bluetooth connected, playing on their phone, whatever, like you know, Walkman that they're listening to our uh, podcast on at this exact moment. Hello, pod. Hello, people. Whoever you're listening, um, what do you want them to know about you right now? <laughs> that I'm pretty much a dipshit. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, because this is like the second time we've attempted to record episode two, and that's because of me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, that wasn't what I was implying, but you know, we can. I guess we can roll into that. I was being more literal of like, what's a fun fact about you? But what's a yeah, fun you fact were you were me? you were a dipshit. But yes, we'll yeah. roll into that. We'll roll into that next. That wasn't what I was implying. <laughs> a fun fact about me? I don't know. Um, you know. There's 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 not a lot of fun. I I drive a truck, so I own the truck, so I get to do all the paperwork myself, which definitely isn't fun. Uh, which is why I need podcasting just to keep myself from going nuts. Uh, fun fact, I guess, would be the fact that it's been a two year ride to get here to get to the point where we're recording. Because I started kind of looking into it about two years ago, after I discovered listening to podcasts about two years before that. And then started listening to podcasts about podcasting and seeing just how much work there is involved in, in doing so. And um, really kind of getting into equipment, into how can you get something that sounds decent without spending, well, a literal ton of money. And uh, I think we've kind of done pretty well for ourselves. I think the two of us have, you know, spent a few hundred dollars each just to get uh, a setup as far as audio is concerned, and I think it sounds pretty good. And uh, so, yeah, that would be a fun fact about me is I'm kind of becoming an audiophile, and I would really like to have this kind of be successful enough down the road that um, we can upgrade as we go, um, add some decent microphones to the mix. I mean, we're not cheap by any means. We're not using little El Cheapo you know, plug in USB mics or anything like that. We've got some nice interfaces and some dynamic mics by Shure, which are kind of the industry standard when it comes to live stage and music and whatnot. If you've ever been to a rock concert, chances are the singer was using one of the microphones we're using right now. So um, we're certainly not messing around when it comes to equipment, but um, yeah, this is, this is fun for me. I like doing this and I'm hoping we get good enough at doing this that it becomes not just fun for us to do, but well, <laughs> fun for all of you to listen to. So, um, yeah, I'm becoming kind of an audio snob. So I don't know if that's a fun fact, but that's, that's kind of a fact. Yeah, I'd say that's definitely fun. Um, cause it's been super, it's honestly been very rewarding for me to watch you just like, lean into all of this um it has just been super robust to just watch you just grow and learn and try and test and and fail and 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 succeed and 
do all of these crazy little things that honestly I've just been sitting back just daydreaming about it. Like I'm just going to sit in front of a microphone and, and just talk. Um, mm-hmm. so I haven't even done any of the technicalities. Um, just have audacity. Dad kind of got me sorted away with just kind of the few basics that I needed. And then I kind of rolled with it, got my own computer, got my own kind of setup here, make it more personable. But for the most part, it's been just super fun watching my dad just really, really lean into it. And he's just genuinely enjoying it. So I really do look forward to uh, to see where this goes and, and what kind of fun we can have with it and what kind of fools we can make of ourselves and (laughs) what kind of dumb things we can say and how many times I'll cringe at myself or honestly I'm probably never going to listen to our podcast because I just can't stand listening to myself but that's what I have my dad for he can listen to both of us and just cringe so but uh no I guess a fun fact about myself would be that well I guess I'll just follow my notes um I, I love, yeah, I love tattoos. Tattoos are seriously, I love them so much. I remember at an early age that I just always thought it was super fascinating that somebody could get something on their body permanently. That just was always, mm-hmm. it was always something that was intriguing to me that you could, that you could do something literally permanently and that just always stuck. And so when I turned 18, I got my first tattoo, and it was the biggest bag tattoo I could possibly think of, which was a tribal tattoo. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I got it on my rib cage, so you know it's kind of a it's kind of kind of balances out. It was incredibly painful for a first tattoo, and it's mm-hmm. never seen by people hardly ever. So, um, but honestly, I think it looks it still looks pretty cool. It's just like <laughs> I got it right around the time that that craze was kicking off and I was ignorant and I didn't know that that there's just certain tattoo trends you shouldn't follow when they're trending. Um, but, you know, you live and you learn. At this point, I have 50 – about 50 hours worth of work done on my body and honestly, I would be disappointed if I didn't get at least 50 more hours when it's all said and done. Um, it's it's probably going to end up me being covered in tattoos by the time I'm grown, a grown adult. Um, it's just like, whatever, man. Like, everything on my body means a lot to me besides the tribal tattoo. That's honestly the only tattoo on my body that means nothing to me. And it was, of course, my first <laughs> one. So, you know, maybe it was just a lesson learned that I needed. But, yeah, you know, just just imagine a six foot three, tall, skinny dude with uh, with some tattoos. Yeah, that's kind of just a a little picture, starting a picture to paint of who I am as Scott. Um, well, yeah. I know I've always wanted one. I just been too chicken to do anything about it. So, but eventually, I if I were to get one. It'd be, or shoot, if I were to do it, I'd probably get two. I'd probably get some kind of cross tattoo on one shoulder and then like a Husker tattoo of some sort on the other. That's probably what I would do. And shoulder tattoos are super simple. They're, I mean, not even simple. They're just like, for me, they they were hardly painful at all. Like sitting through the shoulder was like, on both shoulders, I was like, this is not too bad. I wish I had more of this to go around because, uh... 
the rest of the areas haven't been so peachy. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you were to do that, that would be pretty sick. We'll have to get, I'll have to get you just an appointment set up for you and just make it happen. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know Steve keeps telling me I need to as well, our Husker buddy Steve. Steve. Uh, he goes to Iron Brush, I think Steve. is the name of the tattoo parlor he likes. So yeah. I've thought about doing that, just walking in there and doing a consultation with them and seeing what they could come up with for ideas that I have. Yeah, so dad, why are you a dipshit? Well, you know, this is the second time we've attempted to record this particular episode because there's this beautiful thing called technology that when it works properly, it's awesome. But when you've got a dipshit running it, sometimes it doesn't work properly. So last, oh, well, boy. what is it? Two weeks ago now? I yeah, parked. it would have been, it would have been about, yeah, two, like it, not last Sunday, but the Sunday before that. The Sunday before. Yeah. I was parked in, and I'm, I'm going to give a disclaimer here, folks. Bourbon may or may not have been involved in this particular snafu that we're going to talk about, which we all know what a snafu is, right? Situation normal, all f***ed up. Yes. Um, which means that the situation that was f***ed up was me. And um, we had started, we'd started the recording. We were talking, kind of prepping for the show, talking about what we were going to do. And um, yeah, I said, hey, I've got some new music I'm going to throw at the end of the show. Let me show you what it sounds like. I had it loaded up on the sound pad on my digital recorder that I use. So mm -hmm. I, I pressed the sound pad mm -hmm. and it started playing. Well, mm -hmm. It's a minute long, and I'm like, we don't want to have to sit here through a minute of something that is just going to be thrown on at the end of the show. So I tried to stop it, and there's no way to stop it with the sound pad. The only way you can stop the music is if you press the stop button, which also, to my utter horror, about two hours later made me realize that that also stopped the freaking recording. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, the, we, we did all the biographical stuff, and then we actually went through our top five memorable games and, and um, most devastating losses as well. And we were literally at the end of all that when I realized that we hadn't recorded any of it. Because about a minute and a half in, I had pressed the stop button and never repressed the record button. Because I didn't even think about it. Because Jim Beam had pretty much taken over the podcast at that point. So... My pledge to all of you from here on out is that Jim Beam will be absolutely nowhere near me when I go to press the record button in the near future. Now, I cannot promise the same for Jack Daniels, but I don't like that shit, so that's probably not likely either. <laughs> yeah, it was the, uh, it was such a, like, fuck me moment, like, <laughs> because we were, uh, you know, we had just finished up our top most, you know, top five most memorable wins. You know, I'm finishing up my final statements. We're about to roll into our kind of closing portion. <laughs> and I hear my dad just go. <sighs> and I was like, what yep. did you press or what, it, you know, whatever. And then You're he goes. You're not going to believe this, son, but. <laughs> and I just heard like my dad just had the saddest sound in his voice humanly possible and i was like 
<laughs> All right, time to put on my therapist hat real quick. <laughs> and Dad, tell me and, about it. How are you feeling right now? Yes, because uh, I am. I you know like father like son. Um, I do those things way too often, um, and just make just the dumbest, tiniest little mental mistake that has such a long ramification of of punishment, <laughs> and. Yeah, to give you guys an idea, which honestly, my dad probably saved himself an editing nightmare. Um, but it oh, was yeah. a three. It was a three. I was like three hours and twenty five minutes into my audacity recording, oh, give or no take way, about. Really? Yes, oh, it was wow. that far. It was three hours and twenty five minutes, and I think that about the first eight minutes was us getting situated auditorially. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we, there was there would have been a lot of uh, a lot of work my dad would have had to do of editing and <laughs> and whatnot. So maybe it was it, ultimately it was it was probably a blessing in disguise because I don't think we want to adopt the Joe Rogan three and a half hour no. podcast norm. Uh, I just don't think that anybody has the the patience for that, especially listening to just two uninformed, uneducated, and just completely amateur podcasters. Ramble, ramble on, on for three hours. <laughs> yeah, we're we're pretty much just saying I don't know, but this is what I think. Like, yeah. if you guys do listen to us for that long, awesome. But, um, yeah, it was it was a it was a little bit f***y, but you know, uh, well put. We 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 just kind of brushed it off and we segmented out our 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 continuation of this uh, podcast. Um, and it honestly gives us a little bit more breathing room to to discuss those topics. We poorly underestimated how much uh, how much meaning was behind each one of those losses and wins, and how much we yeah. wanted to extrapolate information. So I don't even think that was the right word. Um, well, yeah, we didn't. Yeah, it was. We we reduced those games down to bullet points, and that's really what the bulk of the content was. If memory serves, was we were about forty five minutes in. We were done with our biographical stuff, and we had moved into the games at that point. And then you know it was a good hour before we were done with the losses because there was just so many memories that came with them that you can't just throw into a bullet point. So. Um, no, we're hoping we can kind of recapture that when we go to do this again. I don't know if we will, but you know, let's just be honest. Uh, you were probably carrying a drunk guy at that point. So I don't remember 90% of the stuff I said in those three and a half hours. So, uh, you were gracious in saying, ah, well, stuff like that happens. It's going to be a funny story next time we record. So yes, for those of you who are listening I do like my bourbon, so it's going to stay as far away from me as it possibly can when I go to press record, but I cannot say the same thing for a beer because, you know, I've had a couple of Miller High Lifes because they're cheap. And they're water, <laughs> so you're so, pretty much water, hydrating. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm basically rehydrating from today because it was hot as hell. So, um, But yeah, that's that's the snafu, and and that's why you're listening to this one now and hopefully it's better than what we did because i really wasn't looking forward to like he said if it was over 3 3 hours holy cow that would have been a lot of fun it would have probably been split up into at least 2 if not 3 and who knows we may end up getting into 
recording our five losses um, and five memorable wins each, and that may end up becoming a two-parter as well. So um, if you're interested in hearing what a couple of uneducated dudes that have never worked in media have to say about uh, Husker games that were memorable to them, make sure you stay tuned because that's exactly what the next episodes are going to be about. So anything else you want to say, Scott, about this particular episode, about our past, about our Husker fandom and that kind of stuff? Mostly just that the whole, the whole idea that we have behind this podcast isn't just to sit out here and only just give our uneducated opinions. Really what we want to do is we want to bring generations of Husker fans together to enjoy um, Husker Nation, Generation Red. I'm just, I'm super stoked to see who we might be able to meet, who we're going to hear from, what kind of crazy stories that you guys could email us or send us a Facebook message or comment on YouTube or whatever. Um, Because I've just, I know when I've listened to the Husker podcast that I listen to, there's sometimes little specials and little little tidbits of of early memories that... Mm -hmm. For me personally, when they're talking about them, I'm starting to reach into my memory bank and think right. of of where I was maybe during that game or, or whatever. And sometimes there have been some memories that have been drawn out of my memory bank that I didn't know existed until mm. somebody started to talk about said game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I am just hoping that with this podcast, we can really start to bring some generations together where my generation can really grow and appreciate where we've been and uh, the generation that has been and has experienced the greatness can enjoy watching people like me who I have never seen the Huskers great. Like Mm -hmm. I've never seen them great. And I feel like maybe they're not going to go on the same stint and run that Tom Osborne brought them in. Maybe they're never going to be a national championship contending team ever again. You know, I freaking hope that's not the case, but um, I just really want this to be a platform where we can all share our stories and share our experiences of Husker football and Husker baseball and basketball and wrestling mm-hmm. and freaking bowling or freaking yo-yo squad. I don't even know. Um, I just, <laughs> I'm just super squad. stoked. So yeah, the Husker <laughs> yo-yo team. I mean, honestly, dad, I don't know if you knew this, but our cousin Jacob, he was on the like UNL dodgeball team, like in its original form. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was I remember cool. you saying that. Yeah. So I just, you know, we have an email. Dad, what's our email? Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. Please reach out to us, even if it's just to give us pointers, even if it's just to say, hey, you guys suck. Um, <laughs> like, yep. seriously, send us, send us an email. Um, Honestly, there's a good chance that we'll shout you out um, because that's kind of what we are about. We want to bring community together. So that's kind of that's kind of what I'm looking forward to in this in this in this whole endeavor that me and my father are going on. And I just want to if anything, 
If you guys want to send any thanks, any any appreciation of quality, anything, do not send it to me. Send it to my dad because he's the one doing all of the back work. He's the one who's put this all together, and I'm just sitting here running my suck. So, um, <laughs> yes, if there's anything that needs to be said, please say it to my dad, or if you know me personally, send it I to me, and I will that. gladly, I will gladly forward it to my dad because. Like those moments where we screw up, there's bound to be lots of frustration involved with with this podcast that I know podcasters talk about behind the scenes that they mm-hmm. like to that they like to keep. You know, nobody needs to know about all of our blemishes and whatnot. F- it, we're just gonna embrace the blemishes. That's we, are who that, we, we are. just want to be real. We just want to be real. Um, so if you guys have mm-hmm. any comments, questions, or concerns about our podcast, please send an email to Jen. Jen R podcast at right? gmail.com. Jen yes. R Jen R- you know what? I totally screwed the pooch on setting up that email because I thought about doing Jen red pod at gmail.com and now I can't change it. And I ah. should have, I should have done that because that's what our, we don't have the website live yet folks, but we will hear soon. And that would be www.genredpod.com. So, and hopefully there will be email addresses associated with it. I haven't figured out if that's going to work yet, but once it does, then we can use that email address instead, and that would just forward to the other one. So that makes life easy, and then you can reach either one of us at an address with our name with genredpod.com. Um, and yes, I completely concur with what Scott's saying. Our Our hope with this show is that we're just going to be a conversation. We're just going to sit down. We're going to talk about things. We're going to talk about the games once the season starts. And you know what? We'd love to have other fans on here with us as well. So if you're out there and you're listening and um, you've got a great story you would like to tell, let reach out to us. And who knows, maybe we can sit down and we can do an interview with uh, other Husker fans. And who knows? I do have a couple of connections with a couple of players, so there might be an interview with a player or two coming up in the in the future as well. So keep your ears ears up for that, and um, we really appreciate you listening to us. We hope that this one was fun for you, get to know us a little bit better, and we will talk to you soon. Go big guy. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach us through our Facebook page at facebook.com slash genredpod or by email at genrpodcast at gmail.com. Our YouTube channel is the Generation Red Podcast, and you can download and listen to the audio-only version of our show on all your favorite podcast applications, such as iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, and many others. Make sure you search for us, subscribe to the show, and leave us a review. It helps us get noticed. Anyway, we really appreciate you listening to this episode today. And until next time, go Big Red and stay sweet and salty, Husker Nation. This episode of Generation Red was brought to you by... Uh.